Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. As Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Luke. Thanks, Jax. Kong Lai. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. Kill them. Given it's been 26 years since Paul W.S. Anderson's 1995 original Mortal Kombat film, I reckon it's high time for a new crack at bringing the most horror-centric fighting series and games to the big screen. But the path to successful video game film adaptations is unfortunately paved with countless good intention projects that materialized into hellish flaming piles of underwhelming failures. Or garbage, if we aren't mincing words about it. And while the latest attempt at cracking the video game adaptation code is anything but flawless, are its litany of gory fatalities and impressive roster of fan-favorite characters enough to crown McCoy as the new protector of Earthrealm? Currently in theaters and streaming on HBO Max, Simon McCoy's Mortal Kombat strikes a strong first impression in terms of its fully earning its R rating. Fully embracing the film's upgraded R rating from past live-action film's PG-13 rating, the film is chock full of CGI blood and all manner of decapitations and absurdly brutal means of bodily harm. We're treated to a brief and bloody history lesson of Mortal Kombat's favorite rivalry between Scorpion and Sub-Zero before we meet the film's true protagonist, Cole Young, played by Louis Tan. Cole is an entirely new character created specifically for the film, a down-on-his-luck MMA fighter who's recruited by Sonya Blade and Jax to compete in Mortal Kombat 
due to him being marked. Marked in this case as having a birthmark in the shape of the Mortal Kombat logo. No, seriously. Cole eventually links up with more Mortal Kombat royalty such as Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and even Kano, who are amassed by Lord Raiden to represent Earthrealm in the latest Mortal Kombat tournament. The narrative stakes are about what you'd expect them to be, that being if Earthrealm loses one more tournament, then Outworld will invade with their endless army of demons or monsters or something like that. It'll be bad. Very bad. The setup for the film is about as vanilla as it gets, and clearly it's just spinning its wheels with no other real purpose than to set up a Mortal Kombat franchise. It's hardly surprising, but when 85% of dialogue is exposition dumps on events and characters, it grows tiresomely trite early on. Pair this with our completely forgettable and vapid central protagonist Cole, and I was left scratching my head as to why the hell wasn't Scorpion just the true protagonist of the film. Not only is Cole's overall character design and backstory painfully generic, but is introducing a new character really needed when so much of the film is already spent reintroducing us to characters most fans are at least somewhat familiar with, or that are at least interesting? Dialogue is also hilariously bad. Not just cheesy like the 95 film, but awkwardly bad more often than not. In a scene early on, Cole's daughter informs Jax that Cole's mark is a birthmark, to which Jax responds, what do you mean? To which she answers, he was born with it. It's just incredible stuff. Luckily, there's Josh Lawson's scene-stealing performance as the smart-mouthed Merc Kano, who has countless genuinely hilarious bits. He's a talking head, but just when you're about to grow tired of him, he backs off for a bit before popping his head back into a scene for some shit-talking. An absolute delight. In terms of non-shit-talking performances, the Night Comes For Us alum Joe Taslim as Sub-Zero is bone-chillingly sinister as fuck. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. His on-screen presence radiates a darkness that outshines even the likes of Shao Kahn himself, so it's just a shame that we didn't get more scenes of him pontificating. But listen, this group of guys and gals are here to fight, and the reasons why, no matter how melodramatic or justified by gibberish lore, is not my primary concern with a Mortal Kombat movie. And as someone who did not enjoy the 1995 Mortal Kombat, I'm happy to say that McCoy's crack at combat is largely successful, nailing the look and signature brutality of the impressive Mortal Kombat roster on display. Of course, fan favorites such as Scorpion and Sub-Zero are the widely advertised showstoppers of the film, but there is an impressive cast of secondary characters that make an appearance. Shao Kahn's amassed fighters such as the ferocious Melina, the iron lung speedster Cabal, the hulking Goro, Riku, and Atara make for a nice variety of monsters and metahumans for our Earthrealm fighters to square off against. Mortal Kombat's violence is, unsurprisingly, cranked up to 11, with all manner of head crushes, severed limbs, and heart-ripping fatalities. And while the violence certainly delivers memorable gore, it's more about McCoy's giving each character a certain amount of weight or gravitas to their presence. Every time a new character is introduced, their presence is resounding. Raiden appearing for the first time feels as impactful and scene-stealing as when Thor makes an appearance in the Avengers. Likewise, seeing entire gaggles of iconic characters stanced up together is equally iconic. Again, very Avengers-like. But, you know, someone's head is inevitably going to be removed from their fucking shoulders. 
Granted, some of these moments are enhanced by my nostalgia for the games, but these moments aren't so cryptic that someone walking into Mortal Kombat completely blind will feel left out. While we do get periodic 1v1 fights throughout the film, there's a longer fight montage of three separate 1v1 fights that lets these characters' fight personalities and styles independently shine, even if this is the only fight segment that is given some breathing room. And while the action does feel authentic to Mortal Kombat, there's a choppiness to some fight scenes editing that does make the fluidity feel disjointed at times. And when you have the likes of Joe Teslim and Hiroki Sonata duking it out, this hinders these moments slightly. But again, there's a level of fan service and detail to characters and how they're portrayed on screen that gives them the true sense of authenticity they deserve. It'd be nonsensical to try to compare this reboot to the original film, given the 26 years that separate the two, but McCoy's Mortal Kombat feels as if it has a true sense of what fans of the series would expect from a Mortal Kombat film. Sure, there's more lore and gibberish than needed, but the look and feel of characters largely outweighs my qualms with the sequel-serving narrative or bad, not cheesy, just bad, dialogue. And I mean, getting to see Kung Lao cut another fighter in half with his spinning metal hat is worth the price of admission, which, for most of us with HBO, is free. I have to reiterate, I do have a certain amount of nostalgia for the original three Mortal Kombat games being a staple of my childhood, but I don't think it's to the degree I'm overselling this adaptation. I haven't kept up with the most recent Mortal Kombat games in probably a decade, and I wasn't a fan of the previous film adaptations. And yet, I can't imagine what more folks would want from a Mortal Kombat film than what McCoy has delivered here. There's spine-crunching kills and some quality fan service that makes this a fun, if not vanilla, universe-building film. No harm, no foul, and it's an entertaining bloodbath. So if you're in the mood for some brutality, check out Mortal Kombat while it's in theaters or streaming on HBO Max. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.